Hi there, welcome to the HSQ cast. My name is Spencer Shoney. And my name is Shiara Niker. And today we're going to be talking about Eric Rofez, specifically his time at Humboldt State University. Um, yeah. Yes. So as we discussed in our previous episode, episode one, um, Eric Rofez was a prominent queer activist who spent his entire life fighting for queer liberation. And today we will be looking further into his career at Humboldt State University, which began in 1999. Yes, and Rofez had acquired a master's in education from the University of California, Berkeley. And prior to the time he was enrolled there, he worked on the Shanti Project in San Francisco, um, which was an organization that focused on the AIDS crisis of the time. And now the Shanti Project focuses on outreach for a lot of different chronic and terminal illnesses. So we will put a link to their website in our episode description. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then after graduating from UCB, Rofez made his way up to Humboldt State University, where he taught in the education department. Uh, during this time, Rofez still participated in his queer activism uh, and spent half of his weeks during the school year in San Francisco, which, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, like, I'm from the San Francisco area. Like, it's not, it's not an easy way to, it's not, it's not the most fun drive to do. It's like not. Half, yeah. Like half of it's, it's a half school year too. Yeah. For those who don't know, it's a half day drive almost to get to San Francisco from Humboldt state. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a, it's not a hard drive, but it sure is six hours. So. Yep. Um, Definitely. Not. Yeah. Every yeah. time we like learn more about this guy, I'm like, dude, props to him. Yeah. He was, a, he was a trooper. Um, yeah, San Francisco. The most important thing he ever did was drive six hours was, in a car. Yeah, it was drive to San Francisco. Once. Once. Um, so as speaking of San Francisco, as a small side note, um, he did mention in one of his works that he struggled often with the intersection of his, his identity as a gay man and his identity as an educator um, and often separated the two, which is why he spent half of his time in Humboldt as an educator and the other half in the Castro. And I was going to explain something about the Castro, but I think that since you are from the area, you would be better suited for it. Listen, I've been to the Castro like one time. <laughs> like, I... <laughs> I, the San Francisco area is a very uh, loose term that means like anywhere in my opinion from like just south of Sacramento to like San Jose. Um, so what the hell do I know? But um, I mean, shit. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's the gay district. Yeah. It's the gay district. Like every, I feel it's like the, it's the Greenwich knows. of, yeah, it's the Greenwich of San Francisco, I would say. That's a gay part of New York. See, I don't know anything about New York. Yeah, Greenwich Village. Nice. Gay people. Okay. We, yeah, maybe. It could maybe? be. It is. You, <laughs> it might be. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I I mean, personally, like, I kind of going back to Rofez for a second, I think it's very interesting the way that in this time period, there was still a very distinct separation of like your home life and your work life. Um, one, because of homophobia, that's a pretty obvious reason. Um, but also, yeah, I don't know. I think especially now in the digital age or whatever, we are kind of our jobs and our jobs are kind of us. Yeah. Uh, 
So I think it's very interesting. I, I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings on it. Like, obviously I'm not going to tell someone, especially someone who's no longer living how to live their life. And if they lived it wrong, but I think, I mean, I get it. Like, <laughs> Yeah. It's difficult like to have this intersection of your identity, especially, especially at the time that he was doing it in the early two thousands, it was not a particularly nice time comparatively. It wasn't to cool to be gay yet. Yeah. It wasn't cool to be gay yet. Um, yeah. but yeah, very, very, cool <laughs> very difficult, like intersection of identity, especially b- moving between s- such great physical and mental distances in between being each different version of himself. Yeah, and I mean, he still pursued all of his uh, works and life with this intersection in mind and explored the many ways in which he could be a gay man and an educator all at once. Um, These are things we're going to talk about in the next two episodes. Uh, Like we've been saying, we're going to really explore Rufus's works and writings in those. Um, And most of them, if not all, he did while at HSU. and was still keeping activism and queer theory at a very central part of his life. And like we said, this was in the early 2000s. So not only it was at a weird time in which in the academic world, like high academia, ivory tower, um, queer theory was just pushing past the barrier into like a valid form of theory and critique. Um, it was really being like formulated around then Mm -hmm. while also like we joked about it really wasn't cool to be gay yet yeah Uh, (laughs) um so it's i find it very interesting that like in he felt like he could be a gay man in one space and an educator in the other in like the non-academic world it was kind of flipped i don't know how to like explain that properly but like I get it you kind of get what I'm going I kind of get it yeah I get what you're going for he just he pioneered putting queer theory on the map he really did yeah um and at least in like regards to education that is for sure yeah Um, because I know a lot of my understanding of of like development of queer theory is is limited but um i don't think a lot of people were doing uh, doing queer theory in regards to specifically education yeah Uh, it was happening in academia but that didn't mean it was happening within the academic field of education that's what i meant to say that was the point i tried to make five minutes ago no absolutely (laughs) no i i understand what you're saying it was not it was not a very hot topic in education in in other more like more cerebral is like the best annoying word philosophical like, yeah subjects like philosophy or like sociology psychology um even criminology yeah um unfortunately yeah. but it he really brought the passion about those things into the field of education at least at Humboldt state um and he made some really big changes um he was described as really really passionate and bright um, and community-based, and he focused greatly on institutional change. Um, He, as he mentioned in his work, really, really tried to integrate queer liberation into his education and his studies and how he taught 
his classes and interacted with academia as a whole. Yeah, and although his time was split evenly between Humboldt and San Francisco, uh, he still published many written works and articles, including Martyr Target Victim, Desires as Defiance, Gay Male Sexual Subjectivities, and the Distance to Sexual Health Promotion. That was all one thing, by the way. Uh, yeah, he, he was very wordy with his titles, but a, you know he's what? A, he's a big fan of the, uh, of the subtitle. Um, there's also Bound and Gag, Sexual Silences, Gender Conformity, and the Gay Male Teacher. Again, that's also one title. Uh, and then Young Adult Reflections on Having an Openly Gay Teacher During Early Adolescence. So you see what his theme is. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very yeah. clear. Yeah, it, it, he really did have a theme that he set with uh, during this time. Um, and he was also really important and instrumental in creating the Multicultural Queer Studies minor at Humboldt State, um, while he bolstered support for the queer studies within academia overall. And this uh, Multicultural Queer Studies minor eventually evolved to pave the way to for the critical race, gender, and sexuality major that we currently have. Yeah, that's my major. I can talk about that a little bit. I love bit. it. Tell us um, a bit about it. Yeah, so Eric Grofes had a really huge part um, in, in like building the CRGS, uh, major program, like as we understand it, um, like you said, there's the multicultural queer studies minor, um, which is a subsection. You can either go women's studies, multicultural queer studies, or, uh, ethnic studies. Um, and they're all things that like rely upon each other, but it just kind of depends on where you want to put your focus on, like what aspect of, of human experience do you really want to like dive into um but uh yeah there's a there's a class that's called queer issues in education that i took um last semester with nora Wynn, who i really liked um and she actually was a um like she was mentored by eric rofez new oh, personally wow. um he made the class it was his idea um and it's even you know 20s little under 20 years later, um, it's still a really important program. Um, I took a lot from it. Um, when we get into aircraft specific writings, like there's a lot that is still applicable. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I will say it's a small major because it's hard. We're, we're still in the process of fighting for all around like critical race, gender, and sexuality studies and theory, like uh, on a university, on an elementary school level, on a middle and high school level, like every single level um, where we're fighting for teaching youth about (laughs) the unfortunate truths of the world and the ways in which they can change it. Yes. Absolutely. It's it's really important to talk about people's lived experiences, um, even if it is uncomfortable to hear about. And that's one of the bases of like critical race, gender and sexuality studies. Um, Rofez was no stranger to this. He published a lot of works in explicit detail about the pain that he faced and the people he knew faced during the AIDS crisis. Um, he yeah, he published a lot of works while employed at Humble. Um, he began to catalog and chronicle the lives and experiences of gay men in the U.S. during the decade prior to the onset of the AIDS crisis. Um, that book he was still working on at the time of his death in 2006. He did die very suddenly of cardiac arrest at the age of 52. It was very unfortunate. 
Yeah, and Rofa's death was felt throughout many people's lives, and at HSU, we try to continue to honor him in the very best way that we can. Um, part of that is the uh, ERC, Multicultural Queer Re uh, Resource Center, stands for the Eric Rofa's Center. Um, and we are going to talk about the ERC very specifically um, in a later episode, um, because we want to talk to the folks at the ERC for that. Um, you know, get some input, see what they're up to. Um, yeah. And, but the ERC was started and named by a group of um, Rofez's students, from what I remember correctly. Um, yes, it was. Which is, which is just super cool. Yeah. Um, it's nice to see, like, student community at, at HSU, even in 2006. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just is, it's just nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so regards to Eric Rofez stuff, that's his life history. It's kind of short, um, but we want to really be able to make time to talk about the readings that we had access to. Um, yes, because while there were few that we got the full full books of what we did get was very dense and very informative as to what his works looks like and what his life looked like at the time. Yeah. And I don't think it would be beneficial to anyone listening to have two 20 somethings explain a book to them. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I think our goal here is to, to give an idea of the type of stuff that you can find in his work. Um, and if that's something that interests you, there's, I'm sure ways to go about getting access to them. I just happened to take classes where this was already stuff assigned to me. Um, so thanks to, to Nora for all those PDFs last semester. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what we have, huh? Yeah, that's all. Thank you all for listening. Yeah, we will see you next episode to talk about Eric Rofez's written works. And scene. Thank you for listening to the HSQ cast, brought to you by Humboldt State University's Social Justice, Equity, and Inclusion Center, and supported by listeners like you. For more information about the SJEIC, what it is we do, and upcoming events, you can head to sjei.humboldt.edu for more information. If you have any questions or comments regarding our episodes, you can send us an email at qcbc at humboldt.edu, and there's a chance that we'll read and respond to your comments in an episode in the future. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at hsu underscore sjeic. And to listen to any other episodes published by the HSQ cast, you can find them wherever you get your podcasts. Just search up HSQ cast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>